What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. If you love all things guitar and gear related, then you're in the right place. And if you want even more guitar content, go and check out axesandblades.com and find Axes and Blades on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, wherever else you get your guitar related content. This stuff especially is focused on the stories behind guitars, the more unique guitars out there in the world and the people who build them and the people who play them and some more unique, interesting things you might not see being covered elsewhere in the guitar world because it's always cool just to learn about all the interesting stuff that's out there. And that's what we're focusing on today actually is really looking at smaller builders. And I want to look at a question that comes up quite a lot about smaller builders, something that gets called into question, and I think it's fair enough as a thing to talk about. It's a topic that could be talked about endlessly, probably, by all of us guitar people. Um, I think that's kind of right, the whole deal with this podcast, right? Even being every day. But even though we could blab on about it endlessly, I want to be quite narrow about it and just give a couple of quick thoughts rather than reaming off a whole load of stuff. And that is the question of when is a copy a copy? Or should small builders really make quote-unquote copies of other guitars? I think that this question comes up more with the small builders because they are presenting themselves as a luthier, as a very skilled craftsperson, and as a guitar designer or rolled into one who is supposed to be presenting something unique, something new in the guitar world that the big companies are not offering. Otherwise, what is the point of being out there, spending all this time presenting these guitars? And especially when often, of course, as a small builder, just because of a whole number of things that we could go into and talk about, and I'm sure we'll do uh, on many other podcasts. We've got videos actually coming up on this topic and uh, articles already on accessandplays.com. Why do boutique guitars cost what they do? Well, they usually cost at uh, the higher end. The idea that they are just more expensive than manufactured guitars isn't true. There are plenty of boutique, small builders, whatever you want to call them, building stuff um, in smaller amounts, but an overlapping price point with, for example, American-made factory guitars. That's absolutely the case. There is actually a lot of overlap, but they're in that higher-end price point. They're not like import instruments. If you're producing something, it takes an enormous amount of time. You're doing it basically all on your own, off your own back as a craftsperson and then selling it at this high price point. So expecting us as guitarists to value it a lot. What is the point of building a Strat or building a Tele? And when is it just building a Strat, building a Tele? A similar body shape we all seem to be reasonably okay with. You know, if it's just complete ripoff, that's more controversial. But I think it's a fairly comfortable ground for the majority of us to say if there's a similar-ish body shape, okay. But if everything within it is your own flavor, your own feel, it's not copycat, we tend to, you know, feel comfortable with that. Maybe not inspired. Maybe you're only inspired when a builder actually does something very unique. Absolutely. that I think that covers a lot of people too. So maybe not inspired, maybe not super positive, but I think the majority of us tend to feel all right in that space. Again, not all of us, and that's cool because we we can disagree. It's it's guitar we're talking about. It's cool. It's just a fun thing. It's not about anyone getting hurt. The stakes aren't that high. So the nice thing is that we can actually have a comfortable space here where we can just have different viewpoints. And it's always fascinating to hear, but some people are really hardcore on this, just don't want anything that looks like a a Strat or a Les Paul, for example. And other people are really way more on the opposite end. They're more lenient. I know people who just don't care. They feel like all of these shapes, like, for example, a Strat body shape, 
All of those shapes are so ubiquitous now, done by so many companies over and over again, every single possible variation of headstock shape, that they think it should all just be absolutely fair game and that, you know, it's too far. Maybe there is a certain kind of moral argument of if someone come up came up with that shape, that should be theirs and it should be that company's. But, you know, after 70 years odd of what, or, or whatever of, 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 of electric guitar designing, too late. It's all out there. We've all allowed it to be copied a million times by a million different companies and it's been fine. And so therefore we're all very much disassociated in terms of necessarily thinking that that shape belongs to that company and we're so used to seeing it with so many different brand names on it each body shape less ball strap telly whatever that uh we're kind of beyond the point of no return in terms of saying that you shouldn't be copying these shapes i think that the small builder thing is interesting because like i said with the price point and with what they are expected to bring to the market and what we say we should value in them and the standards we hold them to it is definitely a different thing in my opinion than an import instrument i think a lot of people do not have a problem with an import instrument that has a strat or a less ball shape even that is more on the copy cat thing not just the body shape it's not really doing anything different it's basically a cheap less ball a cheap strat we all know that that's how it works we all grew up on those guitars that's was all of us that's how we could afford to get a first guitar when you know, we were begging our parents for money or doing a paper round and, or or a mix of the two and and just to get the cheapest guitar available, uh, especially when it's not, if you if we're a bit older and, and you've not just started playing right now when there's all these amazing instruments at all these different price points, it could be, you know, a lot of us grew up with not great guitars and stuff and it often wasn't a more recognized brand name, even like Squire, it was something even cheaper than that, something much cheaper than that actually in a lot of cases and made by some uh, knockoff brand in a huge long line of many weirdly named non-memorable knockoff brands that we all interacted with and remember seeing in various store catalogs or in big chain stores or whatever it was. So I think that most of us feel even if we don't feel like that's actually okay, we 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 kind of have come to terms with that and we understand that and we don't tend to have as much a problem with it. It doesn't tend to be so controversial as it is when a smaller builder, for example, a smaller company is uh, building guitars that have famous body shapes. Now, uh, I'm going to completely avoid the whole legal side of this because that is a whole other discussion. Um, it's something that I don't have any expertise in the actual straight up legal understanding. I could sit here and give my opinion on what I think about bigger companies suing smaller companies or big companies suing each other over body shapes. This is a long and interesting or very boring, depending on your perspective, come to think of it. History of that. It's definitely not new, but it is very relevant right now um, because of a certain large, to some people, boogeyman company. <laughs> you know, but that, that's that's the same in any industry. People protect what the companies try to protect their property including intellectual property i don't know anything about that i have no idea and i'm not going to sit here and pontificate on it from a legal perspective and even though i could go on and just give an opinion about it, how i feel about it i'm not actually going to do that right now i want to narrow it down just to how we as players feel so not a legal perspective not a kind of moral perspective of is it okay to copy something even if it's been 70 years and everyone else has copied it I'm not going to go that way i'm thinking more what do we as players tend to think what's the vibe that i get from other players that i know and what's the vibe that i get from builders um is it 
different with some builders than others to some actually just copycat because they go yeah man i love these guitars and i learned to build them and i just like building a strat so i build a strat with some people is it kind of a lack of imagination they like building guitars but designing something their own is, is not a part of the process they really like and how do we feel about that or is it that stuff looks more copycat on the surface but isn't really for me personally i fall kind of into that into the camp of um i always like a builder to be doing something unique as unique as possible um there are only so many guitar shapes we're used to certain guitar shapes if you're not wanting to build something in the spiky guitar metal world or something very out there and conceptual it's very difficult to hit a sweet spot where it's a completely new design that doesn't feel difficult to get used to or ugly to a bunch of people i think that guitar builders should push and aim for that if that's what they want to do because as skilled craftspeople i think that they should be pushing themselves to that i like to see that however there's certain people who what they want to create and this is perfectly viable is a more more traditional instrument and for them because the body shape is so 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 traditional and so you know it's kind of enmeshed in 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 our preconceptions about what we think a guitar should look like and all these other things that if a guitar builder wants to build something that has traditional flavor to it it tends to be that it will veer towards certain already existing body shapes whether the way more famous ones or Maybe they go back in and, and, and are more inspired by some kind of uh, catalog guitars and things from the 50s that were not strats and Les Pauls that were not these big, super famous shapes that we're also familiar with, but it may be something a little different. And then it has a bit of a retro feel too, maybe. We talked about TV Jones guitars recently, and I talked about how the Spectrosonic body shape is a unique body shape, but it is also a single cut. So even with these very unique body shapes, we still relate them to kind of an archetype. So even then, it's very difficult to get away from it. So there are absolutely things you builders can do to be unique. I think the builder should strive to be unique. I think, for example, the Spectrosonic is a cool one to think about. Um, that's a single cut guitar. Someone wants a single cut. Someone wants to build a single cut. But TV Jones completely made that design all his own. And even though it's single cut and we know which archetype we would put it into, it's completely different. The measurements are different. The way the body is rounded and feels is different. Um and the way that it comes together as a guitar makes it a completely different guitar. And I think that that's something that I always want to see. If you're a builder, I think you should put imagination and your design skills and craft into forging some kind of new ground, even if it can be archetypally recognizable to us. Within that, another example comes to mind for me of um from Sanda de Gier. That's my terrible pronunciation. It's de Gier guitars or de Gier guitars from the Netherlands. Um also, you know, very well known for making basses as well as making incredible guitars, a whole range of different guitars. And uh, there's a guitar that he built, um there's a few of these that are, that are very much recognizable in a, whatever you want to call it, quote unquote S type guitar. The body does have changes to it. There are lots of there are differences in there, but you know what I mean. You see it across the room, you know what it's going to look like. However, while some people I think would dismiss that outright as a copycat and say, "Well, sh-, again, not should in the legal sense, should not should it be allowed? Not should in a moral sense of is that fair?" But does that do enough as a builder? If a builder is trying to impress us, look, I can buy all these import guitars for cheap that are all amazing, including ones that are in the same 
vain as this one or or a copycat in the same way as this one i can buy amazing guitars at all sorts of different price points from all sorts of different brands including big factories all over the world from america and europe to indonesia and china what's going to impress me about this small boat i've never heard of what's going to draw me into being interested in your frankly on the expensive end of things guitars or basses um and i think this is it it's a lot of um the detail the story and the thought and design and basically blood sweat and tears that go into these guitars sometimes over decades and this thing that looked generally kind of s-typey from sander really wasn't when you got there it was a his complete redesign from the ground up of a three single coil guitar and the body shape was kept fairly traditional to appeal to people who like that kind of thing and because that felt right and fitting for him as a builder and work with the concept of the thing but he did still change it like i say but everything within it was completely different as soon as you got close you started just noticing things even without picking it up just looking at it this was a guitar show on the table different guitar you started noticing it started asking questions oh how come this how come this just with my eyes so as soon as you start looking there's all these differences and from talking with him it was a completely different guitar and it was really a labor of love that had been developed over a long time from someone with a deep understanding of these guitars and a deep understanding of what they wanted to make that brought something new to the guitar market the differences came into the pickup design had his own custom pickups in there a huge amount of elements in terms of the technical makeup and then the tonal properties of those pickups to work in a system with everything else that had changed about the guitar to really have, create a perfected tone that was not how can I re- recreate the Fender tone. Nope, it was creating a perfect tone for this new guitar, for something that his ears and his players that he's talked to and worked with. That is something new and a basically completely new and unique choice tonally. Um, every single other technical thing about the guitar, technical spec was changed um the way things were done with the neck profile the way things were done with the radius and the scale length the way things were done with the headstock and a slight angling and a slight shaving of the headstock so that it didn't need string trees the way things were done with the bridge were completely different and it was not the bridge type you would expect and the way the bridge was installed and the way that body shape was made for that and the way that the knobs were placed to be better placed for the player's hand than a lot of traditional guitars but also the controls did different things to provide new things it's a completely different guitar you see it across the room you think you know what it is like i say before you even pick it up just being standing standing closer to it completely different guitar and then when you talk through and just have a five minute conversation with the builder about it you don't just see all the things like you would on a spec sheet about how this is a different guitar. You see the thought that goes into it and the story that goes behind it. This is not someone who set out to make copycat. This is not someone who just went, oh, I like building a Taylor Strat or whatever. So that's what I did. This is someone who had an entire concept developed over years of knowledge, of deep knowledge of these guitars and all sorts of other types of guitars had a whole set of new ideas about what they wanted to create and brought that together into a cohesive concept that made a guitar that, yes, remains with elements that are traditional because that's part of the whole concept of it, that, yes, remains in an overall archetype, just like the Spectrosonic did, but was a completely new guitar 
with every single little aspect being combed over, completely made anew and ending up completely different to what you would expect maybe from that type of guitar or that archetype. So that to me is where I stand on this. And it doesn't sound much like a conclusion, but here it is. I think we, whilst the body shape and design of guitar is a huge element into the identity of a guitar, and whilst I don't really feel comfortable with builders just copying things at all, I think that from a player's perspective, what I realized is that I relied too much on aesthetics and particularly on body shape. And I would look at a guitar like I could from halfway across the room and go, well, that's just an X. And look, if all the measurements are the exact same and the headstock's the same and everything, I don't feel very comfortable with this. If for no other reason, I mean, there are other reasons as well, trust me, but if for no other reason, at least, then um, is that you really doing your job to the fullest? As a builder standing here going, like, here's my 2000 or $3,000 or $4,000 or $5,000 or $6,000 guitar that I put years of experience into and stuff. Is that shown there? Do I see years of experience there? Do I see thousands of dollars worth of time and effort and blood, sweat and tears in there? If you've just built something that has all the same measurements as something else and basically looks the exact same and basically sounds like the same and hasn't got taken on your own flavors or done anything different, not really. If I can stand closer to a guitar and have a five-minute conversation with this builder and instantly be introduced to a whole new different way of doing this archetype of guitar that set off a bunch of questions for me of, oh, why haven't other people done that? Oh, what's the advantage of that? And hey, wait a minute, that's such a cool thing. Could I mod one of my guitars to do that? That, to me, is worth it. That is years of experience, a huge depth and breadth of knowledge, and an incredible amount of skill, craftsmanship, design time, prototyping, and development in order to produce something that has all of that captured in it and produces something unique, new, inspiring, interesting. Even if you don't buy it, even if you go, it's not my kind of guitar, it's undeniably all those things. That to me is the difference. So that's what I've learned about copycatting. There's a huge amount more to say on the subject, but um, I wanted to just give my thoughts on these these couple of elements of it because I think it's maybe something that hasn't been said as much or maybe... Um, a slightly different angle to look at it from because I feel like if you're listening to this, you're a guitar person, you're probably familiar with a lot of the people giving their opinions on the lawsuits back and forth or people giving their opinion on the people much more knowledgeable than me uh, giving their opinion on these more common aspects of it. So I just want to say that that for me is something where I think that um, a lot of it goes into the aspects that are beyond just the aesthetics like say i'm not and that doesn't mean ex just excuse someone just ripping off the body shape someone doesn't know i i don't but um in terms of these especially these ubiquitous body shapes around um if these archetypal kind of body shapes you got to do more even in those you got to do more you got to be as inventive and pushing yourself as a craftsperson and if that means there's a touch of experimentalism in you your guitars should look very different if you're pushing yourself if you have a more traditional streak in your design in your eye in your aesthetics that's fine but you should still push and do what like i said with the spectrosonic or this one from sander de Gea is like basically inventing a new guitar even if from way across the room you already get oh, okay it's roughly this shape. if i see a silhouette of it i know which archetype i'm in sure but beyond that everything's totally different like I said, go back and listen to the Spectrosonic episode. That's me talking about a single guitar 
no single thing that's pointed out on it really is you're just like oh it's just a les paul like no it's not you know we know which archetype a single card guitar falls in but um that's a unique instrument that was developed by a very experienced very highly respected person in the guitar world um respected by some of the biggest guitar players in the world and he put his years of knowledge and experience into designing something new same with this strat example strat like example s type example whatever the hell you want to call it uh example that is nothing like any strat that either vendor or companies that make things that look like Fender has ever made completely different guitar i was there experienced it in a five minute conversation and then picking the thing up and having it in your hands you're in a completely different place and you still there it's with both of these examples it's not like it has the exact same body shape and then the electronics have changed out body shape still changed because it it has to be really to work with the concept of making something new and that's what i mean i think that you want if you that would be my thing is not to spend too much time obsessing over the body shape the bare aesthetics the simple aesthetics what what it takes though is it shouldn't also take you seven hours of playing to realize what the difference is between this and the archetype i'm not saying that's wrong i'm just saying that's not that impressive to me the place where i feel like we are not in copycat country we are not in oh it's just a strat it's just a les paul country is when with five minutes you know whether that's five minutes of holding it and talking to the builder or five minutes of plugging into an amp playing within five minutes i'm going yeah i'm somewhere else right now this is different. I've played a Les Paul. That's not what this is. I've played a Strat. That's not what this is. Not just the headstock's different. Not just the body's a little bit different. That is just not what this is. It might have three single core pickups in it and a pick card and a double cut design. Man, it's not a Strat. It might be a single cut with a mahogany body and a maple top. This is not a Gibson. That to me is, you know, it's a bit like the proof of the puddings in the eating. Um, I think it would be very hard to have an example where a builder has put ingenuity, years of experience, their own personal touch, and a striving for developing something new and personal to them and unique to them and new in the guitar world, and then come up with something that is just an exact copycat of something we saw 60 years ago. I don't know. Maybe it could happen. I think it's quite unlikely. Maybe there's just someone out there who's just like, look, I just want to build the best strat in the world. That that can happen. Okay. But the idea that someone would set out to build the best thing in the world and they wouldn't go, I know how to do this better. I, especially guitar builders, they always do. There's a classic joke, which is how many guitar builders does it take to change a light bulb? Three. One to change it. Two to tell them that they're doing it wrong. It's pretty. It's a pretty fair joke. <laughs> if you've met any guitar builders, they always know better than the last guitar builder you spoke to. Always. Um, and never question that. Just, just smile and nod. It'll get you a long way. Um... <laughs> Don't tell them I said that. Hopefully none of them are listening. But um, if you are, I was kidding. I meant that other one, not you, the other guy listening. Not you, not you listening. You know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking about the other guy. That's not you. That's how you got to talk to them. Um, but even though, you know, that, that's that. even though they could be setting out to make like the best single cut guitar that ever you know oh i love the vintage stuff i love that that's where my inspiration is in the vintage stuff in the 60s stuff but i want to make the best one ever to have that drive to make the best one ever that means they basically to not make them sound too egotistical that means they think that they know better that means they love 60s guitars but 
they don't just want to work on guitars to have the drive to design and prototype and make a new and develop something over years and buy the materials and invest in themselves to be a guitar builder to have the drive to do that that's not just like yeah working on guitars is fun then they'd be a tech or then they'd be uh some other there's so many ways you could be involved in guitars because of that passion and and then not be that if they make guitars that means they've got a drive to make something new so i find it incredibly unlikely that someone would have this drive and have this engineer and have everything you need um and actually push themselves and actually put unique new ideas out there and just end up making the same thing even if they were heavily inspired by vintage les pauls which a ton of them are including guys that make crazy experimental stuff um so there you go that the proof brings in eating though i think that within five minutes just don't t- take on the aesthetics too much can you within five minutes roughly you know don't literally you don't literally have to have a stopwatch i think but i mean if, if you like go for it but within a short amount of time just talking to the builder touching it playing the guitar do you quickly get to the idea of oh this is something new this is speaking to me this is something new i get it okay there's something going on here it's sparking questions sparking curiosity it's inspiring me in a different way I think usually if a builder's put all of these qualities I've talked about into their work, a good builder, that's what that's what's going to happen. If that isn't happening, could it be that it is just a copycat thing? Maybe it could just be that it's a subjective experience for you and that it's not working. This isn't a foolproof system. It could just be that this guitar isn't, you're not catching it. You're not catching what's different here. It's not, it's not hitting you uh, in the same way that it might hit someone else. And that's the great thing is you can buy this guitar and another person can buy this other one that isn't inspiring you. Isn't that great? We can all just, we can all kind of have our cake and eat it, which is awesome. But that's just a perspective I wanted to give on this whole copycat thing to build as copycat too much. I think if your idea of copycat is purely, you know, oh, this is a single cut shape and this is a strat like shape and this is a telly like shape, like, sure, I think you're, the whole guitar industry is just copying and that's it. Um, but I think really the what's actually happening in the entire development and progress and ingenuity and kind of genius and hard work and experimentation of the guitar community is not just in new body shapes that is just one part of it and there is a huge amount going on within very similar generally archetypal body shapes that is actually an enormous amount of genius craftsmanship reinvention ingenuity experience and basically clever engineering points as well and 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 creative thinking and beautiful craftsmanship to bring that into the world over many years so that's what i think look past the body shape a little bit and it opens up a new perspective on that and then i know that's a little bit open-ended but i think then within that everyone's going to judge themselves but i think it's look past the body shape spend five minutes getting to know the instrument the story behind it and then you've got to decide there's no checklist within that because it's too subjective that's the that's that's the two steps there's no checklist within that get past the body shape try to put that out of your mind a little bit spend some time getting to know the guitar and then how do you feel about it within a short amount of time do you get it is there because i think that if it's got all these things it's got all this uniqueness if the builder is working beyond copycatting if the builder is working beyond just a recreation or just a homage i think that becomes apparent in a short amount of time if you go into it with an open mind look past the body shape and the general archetype and just spend a few minutes getting to know the the instrument i think that that makes it all become clear 
so that's my perspective i think it's just about we i personally felt like i was spending too much time just focused on what does it look vaguely like if it's single cut oil i know how i'm going to orient myself that's what humans do we look for patterns we look for things that are familiar by which we can then navigate the unfamiliar and new things in the world but it is a useful exercise in many ways in trying to be open-minded to try and get to expand those archetypes and try and understand that there's a types of preconditioning and preconditioning to certain expectations and experiences and therefore you should try and be conscious of that and try and you know it doesn't have to be fighting and struggling but just be conscious of that and try and move to something slightly beyond that or slightly more than that um and that's what it is here i think i think that can be helpful in some things in life maybe i don't know what the hell do i know this isn't like a self-help podcast i'm a man who makes a daily guitar podcast do you think i've got my shit together but uh, don't take advice from me dear god but uh in terms of guitar shit um yeah probably still don't but anyway my thoughts on it are i i and probably i would guess others i don't know but maybe it helps you maybe it doesn't but for me i focus too much on the body shape so i try to just push past that past that kind of ignore that don't let that give me too heavy a preconception um don't let that make the decision for me of like oh here we go another guy just building strats no this has a strat like design i get that that probably signals certain things to me but let's really test this builder out okay what's different on here why is this not just a strat you could even ask them that if it's a show looks great man looks you like you like you build a beautiful guitar can't tell me though why is this not just a strat and uh, they'll probably look like they want to hit you for a small amount of time, but then they probably won't, and they'll uh, probably give you some really interesting insights. So there you go. Um, that's my experience anyway, and the great builders. Builders have been in business for a long time, huge amount of experience, decades of experience. The two examples I talked about here, decades of experience. They build things that go far beyond just these archetypes and are new and interesting and really adding to the world of guitars and all the beautiful, amazing choices that we have and things, cool things that we get to play and test out and watch videos of and whatever else. So that's enough shuntering on about that. I said I would give some quick thoughts and not let this drag on, but it's, it's a topic that captures us so often as guitar people, especially in like the like me i'm interested in the the kind of small builders and 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 boutique or world or whatever you want to call it and these incredible craftspeople and their work and the stories and the kind of love and care that go into these things that basically i could blabber on about that maybe about this subject and related ones and anything related to this even longer than all of us could and i think just as guitar people we find this interesting if you look at like when there's lawsuits or whatever how much of us jump onto talking about it and oh well you know it looks like this guitar so they should be able to sue oh no whatever you know the clearly we are really interested in this and could go on a long time so there you go i said it would just be a few quick thoughts and i guess relative to how long we could talk about this this is just a few quick thoughts but that's a little perspective for me anyway look past the body shape be open-minded for a short amount of time and just let and see if you can uh see how that guitar is beyond a copycat does that guitar in a short amount of time show you its uniqueness convince you of its uniqueness and if it truly does have a lot going on it's adding to the world of guitar i think it will do that generally speaking gonna shut up now promise promise but just not night light because just as always we've got to bring it back to the music for all the time we blab on about guitar it's all about making music enjoying music using instruments to make music because that tends to be what they're for rather than like you know looking at it and then making a podcast about it for seven hours but that's why we always bring it back to the music we always finish with a suggestion of an artist 
a song, an album, something awesome to go check out. And today, the song I am suggesting, although oh, this one's a little bit more, this, this is kind of a song and a video. Sometimes we see just performances as well. Um, and this one's kind of a mix of both. This one's cool. So this is the song 26 is Dancier Than 4. That's the name of the song, 26 is Dancier Than 4. I know these these uh, math songs from 10 years ago and alternative songs from 10 years ago. And, you know, it wasn't as bad as the emo ones with the song names that are like a freaking give Ulysses a run for its money in terms of word count. But um, this isn't too bad. 26 is Dancy and the 4 is the name of the song. The band is TTNG. They're formerly known as This Town Needs Guns. They now just go by TTNG, just the letters. Um, this song is cool. So you'll find the album version of this song the full band version of this song if you like but then if you go on youtube you can also find a really beautifully recorded wonderfully performed acoustic version of this song that's super slowed down and it just becomes a completely different song um i guess when they were sitting down to the acoustic version they could have just done it at kind of the full speed but it's such an energetic track including with really energetic guitar work um kind of jolty spasmodic mathy guitar elements in there with that kind of slightly frantic bouncing energy that is great in the full band version it's got a huge amount of energy in it and the guitar works nice and cool some intricacies the the lighter sections that come in have some little twinkly beauty to them as well from the kind of twinkly side of uh math rock and tapping if people right now are into cover and stuff like that i feel like a lot of that comes inspired from that kind of guitar world so you can see the little dustings of it in this track but the acoustic version really slowed down. I guess that energy is so much more suited to the big band. They just, with the acoustic version, they decided to really slow it down. Then it becomes this really intimate, um, almost kind of hypnotic in some ways, slightly lullaby-ish song, but with a more emotive kind of edge to it still in there. Um, really beautiful little performance as well. So I would check out both. I would check out the... Uh, standard album version of 26 is dancier than four from ttng and then go on youtube and if you just type in that and then acoustic you'll see there's an acoustic version of it on there and that's that's great to compare it's a really cool thing as well from compositionally as a guitarist looking at the acoustic version and the guitar work versus the uh full band version i for me it gets me thinking about my acoustic playing versus my electric and what the acoustic guitar is an instrument especially when paired with voice and when there's two acoustics playing off each other, what that achieves and what that is best suited for and what are the strengths of that instrument. And then the electric guitar being in a full band setting uh, with some cool gnarly tones, like what's the instrument doing there? What is its place? What is what is it achieving? What is it best for? What are its strengths? And, and um, what does it create musically? I think it's a really cool little meditation for me to compare these two versions and it gets me thinking about what i want to achieve and what what happens or what are some of the possibilities at least i mean the possibility is limitless right but some of the possibilities and strengths when i'm on electric and how on acoustic that can change as well or sometimes be the same because it is in the end the same track so that's a really cool thing i like comparing these two versions and i think it gets me thinking about guitar in a cool way and making music so anyway my God, I can't shut up about guitar. I mean, do it every day and it still doesn't seem to be enough. Um, I'm kidding. I'm quite tired now. So <laughs> I will now finally actually stop lying and fulfill the promise of shutting up. 
that's it for today. Go check out that music. Um, go play a hell of a lot of guitar. Go enjoy yourself. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Look after each other. Look after yourselves. And as always, I will catch you tomorrow.